VR Avalanche Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. I am your host, Rudo, joined as always by A.J. Hayfley. We are here today to talk a little bit about Devontae's his arbitration situation. To be honest with you, I'm not worried about it at all, A.J. I doubt you are either. But it's the topic going around, and the reality is the Fs have five days left to get a deal done before they hit that arbitration date. Yeah, um, it's the story of the week uh, until he gets a deal signed or awarded. Uh, Arbitration is on Saturday morning, and it is Monday with no deal, and we have nothing else to talk about. So, expect for us the offseason, folks, to talk about Devontae's once or twice this week. Um, I would say that us waiting until 5.30 to do the show would be strategic. (laughs) Hopefully nothing gets done. (laughs) Because we are fully expecting that whenever the abs announce that a deal has been signed, it will happen at probably 5 o'clock. That's probably true. Uh, Before we do get to Taze, since it played so well last time, the Colorado Eagles released Hunter Miska's new pads. Oh, so good, dude. Right? They are just knocking these pads out of the park this year. It's It's been some pretty stuff. I mean, really, uh, this started with Spencer Martin and the Colorado uh, when he had the C logo yeah, on his pads. Like, that was when these guys really started to lean into it a little bit. Up their game. <laughs> yeah, and now this year with these two, with, with Warner and Miska, it's like... Going yep. all out. <laughs> yep. These guys get it. Yeah. I'd say there's, like, a decent percentage this happens, Grant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In which case, we're not doing an emergency pod. No. We will wait until tomorrow. Unless he signs something, like, astronomical. Right. <laughs> unless it unless it is seriously a seven-year deal worth $5 million per. Yep. We're not doing an emergency pod. Yep. Not happening. Uh, but The line anyway, for me is probably four years and under. Four years and like four and a half mil, I'd say. Anything, anything over, anything five to seven gets an emergency pod. Anything four and less. It's fine. We still have to have, we still have to fill time. That's true. We got five shows a week. <laughs> yeah. And our original plan uh, for this week is not going to happen. So <laughs> we're all, we're, we're, yeah, we're already doing this on the fly this week. So. We kind of need his signing to get us through one of these days. So I guess let's let's start with this. Since the arbitration conversation is the talk, we don't really know how far they are apart. The The numbers there haven't really come out. They probably won't come out, uh, assuming a deal gets done. But it's an interesting conversation for someone like Taze going into arbitration because, one, he really only has two and a half or one and a half full seasons, close to two full seasons played in the NHL. Yep. Both of those were not with the avalanche. Mm-hmm. So when you're trying to assess value of the player in an arbitration case, it's very tough. <clears throat> it is. Uh, you're looking at 116 NHL games played. Yep. Like it's not a lot, a track record here. Um, and what what complicates this with Taves is that he's 26, right? And because he is eligible for unrestricted free agency next summer, he cannot be awarded a multi-year deal. Yeah, has to he be can, one year. He can only be given a one-year deal. These are all things the Avs knew going into the trade, right? So there are no surprises here. 
I, I've spent a better part of the day going through arbitration back into the 90s, as deep as they have records for it. <laughs> and I could not find a single case. I could have just missed it because trying to dig these things up is difficult. When you're weeding through a bunch of AHL <laughs> dudes trying to yeah. find guys. I'm trying to, I was trying to find a case where a team and a player went through the arbitration hearing that they had just traded for. Like they had no, he had, he hasn't played for them. They have no history. The start of their relationship is literally an arbitration hearing uh, because it's, it's kind of awkward. These two sides arbitration is all about arguing value against the other side. Yep. So, you know, you usually use contract comparables, but you also argue value to the team. Or Devon Taves still an Islander. He would be arguing his value to the Islanders. Hey, I run one of your power play units. I scored 28 I'm, points for you last year. Right. <laughs> I scored 28 points on a really low scoring team. Not only that, but I scored 10 points in 22 playoff games. Yep. And in two years, I have 15 points in 30 playoff games. I have been very productive in the postseason. And since coming up and getting into the NHL, I've only gotten better and and been more more and more productive with more ice time. Not only that, my underlying numbers are all fantastic. So, the other side of that conversation, though, now is let's look at the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah. Probably not going to be on the power play, or if he is, would be the third D next to Sam Gerrard on PP two. Art will not be featured on a power play, yep. no matter what. Even if he and Gerard are running PP two by them with you know together, will not be featured. Will be will be one of the guys on the power play, yep. not not a featured player. And his argument could easily be, "Well, I'm going to be on a much higher scoring team." Yeah, you can you can. Take take the twenty eight points that I scored in the regular season, and say that's what I'm going to put up at even strength. But to start with, I do think mo- the most interesting conversation from the AV side of this is arbitration hearings aren't really caught up with the times. Like yeah. these can say, yes, I have great underlying numbers, but the uh, the arbitrator isn't allowed to take advantage. Right into account when assessing a, a contract value. Yeah, those kinds of fancy stats aren't something that the Avs can present. Right. So, it, I think that could hurt Tay's contract value, to be honest, more than... It should, than because then you're primarily looking at 46 points in 116 regular season games and 15 points in 30 playoff games. Yep. That's... that, And it's just too, it's too short of a track record for you to say... This is a five. This yep. is a five million dollar player. Yep. Um, and it, but it's also it's also awkward because the team is saying we went out and got. He's not on his honeymoon anymore. He's back. He got back last week. Um, but it's like he he goes to a club. So the abs the abs are going to go to arbitration and they're going to say you're not worth X amount of dollars. Even though we just gave two second round picks for you and we absolutely think you're going to be part of our top four this season as we contend for a Stanley Cup. But you're not worth that money. Yeah. And Taves is going to be like, okay, well, you guys just traded for me to try and be part of one of the last pieces that you put in place for a Stanley Cup contender. Yeah. Well, what are we doing here? Right. It's It's not just that, too. It's with the one-year deal. If the Avs gave up two second round picks to walk a guy to free agency in a year, it's just a bad look. And you know, maybe he ends up signing it's again, but really it's bad business. Look. Yeah. It's really bad business. One of the things that we talked about with both the sod deals, you know, with the sod deal, we're saying we it, it's a one year deal, even if he leaves in free agency. Keeping him in free agency would be tight, but even if he leaves in free agency. Alex Newhook is likely going to be joining the roster. There's a decent chance this guy can get replaced internally. And at 27, there's also a decent chance that as the sixth top six forward, you'd rather an ELC than pay a guy to go into his 30s anyway. 
So at forward, you're having that conversation, and you're like, oh, also, we only gave up Zadorov and Anton Lindholm, guys that we replaced internally with no problem. It's, but it's with a Taves... Well, it's a different value proposition as well. When they acquired Saad, they knew he only had one year left on his deal. With exactly. these, you're going into that expecting to wrap him up for multiple years. Yeah. And and so now now with Taves, though, you're you're saying, okay, two second round picks. If that guy leaves in a year, he's gone before the first one of those picks is even made by the Islanders. Yep. And that's and like Two second round picks for a top four defender is easy value. You say yes to that. But if it's only for one year, it really loses. You better win that. A lot of it. Yeah. (laughs) Straight up. You look at Tampa Bay. You look at the situation that they're in. You look at what they gave up. First round picks for Coleman. First round picks for Barclay Goudreau. Like lots of value given up. Arguably three because Nolan Foote was the prospect in the Coleman deal. Yep. A lot given up and to, to get those guys, definitely. But they won the cup, and you don't feel regret when you when you win the cup. One hundred, you just don't. You're they're not feeling bad about any of the decisions that they made. So it's it's a lot easier to feel good about everything after you uh, lift the cup. So. Yeah, <laughs> like they they win the cup, and Bogosian and Shattenkirk. Uh, the, those dudes go out into free agency and get deals and get paid somewhere else, and they're like, "Bye, thanks for the cup." Yeah, see ya. Like, good luck. It's fine, right? Like, you you're okay with that, but you have no guarantees. We're sitting here today. They don't get a long term deal in place. They don't even get a multi year deal in place with Taves, and they go. They even get to this arbitration hearing, and it's a it's a failure on some level for sure. It's not end. It's not doomsday scenario. It's not. Oh my god. But this is, you know, there are no surprises here. They knew that he filed for arbitration when they traded for him. They know they knew how old he was. They knew what his situation was. That's as simple. Like there are no surprises. This is an entirely upfront situation. They they have to know, and they've got they they they're in a situation here where Joe Sackick has. This this reputation is this master dealer, right? This, oh, man. And he gets to these guys for steal of contracts. Well, the contracts have always kind of been the area where Sackick has given a little. Yep. You know, where he's... Just go he, down the lineup. Confer, Donskoy, even yeah. like a Matt Calvert, probably a little Graves. bit overpaid. Graves, yep. Nachushkin. Yeah. And then and then you're talking, he'll draw a hard line. He'll offer $6.5 to Taylor Hall in free agency. Yep. Now, granted, Taylor Hall chose an extra million and a half to play in Buffalo and not Colorado, and that's on him. <laughs> but whatever, right? Like the point. The point is, is that Sackick in the front office kind of draws their line in the sand. This is a situation. Devon Taves has all the leverage for all the reasons that we've talked about in this segment. Is you know Taves only has one year. He can easily he can easily go to arbitration. Get his one-year deal, whatever it is. It's going to be a nice raise from what he was making. And then go into free agency and get paid. I mean, as much as as much as much free agency, the, the numbers were down this year across the board, defenders still got paid. Yep. Chris Tanev got $4.5 over four years. TJ Brody got $5 million over four years, five years. Um, obviously Petrangelo got the huge deal. Brendan Dillon got four years at 3.9. Those guys all made plenty of money. And for a guy like Devon Taves, who was in the AHL two years ago, this is all, this is, this is life-changing money for him. So he could easily just say, I'll take my one year. I'll take my one year on this loaded team where I'm going to put up enough points to, to, to get paid next year. And I'm going to have all the great underlings and I'm going to do all the things that I'm going to do to help this team. And I'm going to walk into free agency as the top defenseman next year. I mean, that's, that's where he is right now. He can easily just decide to do that. And, and and I think that was kind of the one question mark uh, from the beginning with this trade is what, what, what did Taves want when, as far as the contract is concerned into the coming season? Uh, because we already knew he had filed for arbitration with New York. Yep. So 
it was clear that well, and and that situation is, is murky too because New York didn't have the money to sign him regardless. Right. I mean, they could they could go over the cap for right now and whatever, and give them. The, they're gonna have, they're they're still in trouble even without Taves. They're right. still in trouble. So, from the outside perspective, you're trying to figure out: okay, was that an arbitration because Taves wants more money? Was that an arbitration just because of the oh. situation in New York? Don't know. He was on his honeymoon when the trade was made, so realistically, Avs probably weren't talking to him directly if New York yeah. gave him permission to do that no. uh, until after the trade was done, obviously. But but it's, even if even if they hadn't had the conversation, as soon as they made the trade, they got in touch with the agent and they said, all right, what are we kind of looking at here? For sure. You know, and we know that they've been having conversations with Landis Gog and his agent. They've got they've got to balance both of those things. If both of these guys are looking at multi-year contracts, uh, that's that start next season. They need to know how much those are going to be. They need to put both of those puzzle pieces together. Yep. And then keep in mind, you know, you still have Makar, you still have Saad. Yep. If you guys want, if if they wanted to bring those guys back, oh, they also will have a Tyson Jost contract next year that they will have to figure out as well. Yeah. The the full picture of a cap hit is a lot of moving pieces but we do need to take our first period break and tell you guys about wgt golf the golf game loved by more than 20 million players around the world you can play on your phone or on your computer however you prefer whatever you want to do we just finished up a tournament this weekend the pumpkin spice uh open open yeah i don't even know who uh, who won it wasn't me i did not have a good round i'll tell you that right now but Somebody managed to top everyone at DNVR. And if you want to join in on the tournament fun, you can go to dnvrgolf.com to download and search for DNVR3 to join our third clubhouse with more than 700 members that play along with us. So jump on in. You can play true to life courses, a bunch of different game styles as well. So should be a bunch of fun, has been a bunch of fun. Of course, we also have Breckenridge Brewery. If you want to sip on a beer while you're playing your WGT around, they are my go-to. You can get eight different kinds on tap down at the DNVR bar, or you can always go to the farmhouse down in Littleton and get it straight from the source where they have dozens of flavors. You can even get $5 off when you go down there and get curbside pickup when you use code DNVR. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Favorite time of year trick or arbitration. I like that. <laughs> um, do we fully expect the deal will be multi-year? If it gets done before arbitration, anything less than three would be pretty disappointing, to be honest. Yeah. So Even, even a two-year deal, because they've done a lot of two-year deals, uh, and they've, you know, like with, with Burakovsky's deal. Yep. Uh, you know, if you were to if you were to look at kind of their cap sheet in the next couple of years, they have that's when Burakovsky's deal expires, Kadri's deal expires, Nachushkin's deal expires. So um that that would give them like again, it would mean that they would have a lot of work to do in two years. Yep. But yep. it would give them an idea of how all these pieces fit together. And I personally really like the idea of a team kind of committing to mini windows like this with two or three, you know, going in like two to four years and having a bit of a reset. Yeah. Well, and seeing how it works instead of, instead of constantly handing out six year deals to guys, because you look at what Nashville has gone through. They're now on the hook for Kyle Turris for eight years. Yep. At two million. And then like $2 million isn't like, Oh my God, that's not cap breaking, but that's eight years where that's $2 million. They can't spend. Yeah. It's for almost an entire decade. They, they'll never be able to, to sign that Taylor Hall guy in free agency. Because and, well, and, and if, if they do, it's because they continue to buy guys out. It's, beca- yeah. it's because they continue to blow through dead money. And this the, where, where Colorado's approach has been different so far, you know, even ranted in a six, what was it, a six-year deal? Yep. And... You know, that leaves that leaves a couple of years on the table. And this this if you really because if you really look at how they're set up right now, it's the next three years and then go from there. But before then, they have big decisions, but because the prospects system is where it is, where they have so many guys that could come in, you know, what if 
What if Sampo Ranta is the real deal? And two years from now, do you need to sign Burakovsky to a huge extension? What if that guy just comes in and he's like, by the way, I'm a cheaper Andre Burakovsky. And I think that's kind of the point that we're digging at here is the abs organizationally forwards are more replaceable than defensemen for them right now. Yes, they have Bowen Byram. Yes, they have Justin Barron. Yes, they have Connor Timmons. That's great. Mm -hmm. But they don't have a whole lot of high-end depth in their defensive prospects beyond that. Right. Whereas on the forward side, Cout's coming, Bowers is coming, Newhook is coming. And then beyond that, you have the Rantas, you have the the Tyler Weeses, the Colby Ambrosios, whoever you want to call it. Right, Bocages and all, the, yeah. all those guys we talked about last week that could be intriguing forwards are Nikolai Kovalenko coming over. Yeah. And I at least have more faith in that forward core to produce an NHL or two of their their depth prospects or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. I think and, I, they have to, man. They're too yeah, good. Right. Exactly. So like, that group is just too good between Jean-Luc Foodie and Ryder Ralston and Ambrosio and all those guys that they just added. Even there are too many good forward prospects for them to not even get a low end, a bottom six NHL player out of that group. Yeah. And that's, that's just kind of where the conversation as someone who, Loves Andre Burakovsky at this team. Wanted to sign him long term. Mm. Still think he's more replaceable than than a taste. No, oh, definitely because you're talking you're talking about like with with Burakovsky right now. If you were to rank Colorado's top six forwards, he's probably five. Yep. And like that's not a knock against him. It's just that the, the guys in front of him, you know, Kadri is more valuable simply because he's the center. He wins face-offs, and he brings a certain nastiness to your lineup that you just need. I mean, depending on how Saad plays, you could make an argument that he's six. Burkowski, that is. Yeah, depending on, depending on. I, I think as of right now, just because we know how Burkowski fits, sure. probably five, but like five at highest. Yep. Out of six. Yeah. So, so. you're talking about like, is he valuable? Of course he is. Yes. But... Re- more replaceable than Taves, who is going to be in the top four. Now, you fast forward two years. You give Taves a two-year deal. Burkowski's on a two-year deal. You fast forward those two years. That might not be the case anymore. You know, Bowen, Bowen Byram, Bowen Byram might, uh, you fully expect, will be in that top four next to Kale McCarr and Sam Gerrard. That only leaves one open job in your top four. Yeah, you know, and if and if Connor Timmons or if something crazy has happened, and Justin Barron has taken that job, then Devon Taves now is more replaceable two years from now than he is today. So there's, you know, we we're talking about multi-year deals, but there's some there's some serious logic, especially in a flat cap world where you're not making you're not being forced to make these big monetary commitments. To to kind of like your secondary core guys, yeah. Not it, you know not like your core, but like those secondary pieces that you need to have. I mean, make no mistake, it is very tough to gauge value on these guys long term, and it is the type of thing that can make or break a team's cap hit. Uh, if you decide to go short term on Taze, and then all of a sudden he's still part of your top four in two or three years, and he's going to say, "All right, well, I want seven million dollars now." Because I've been a top four defenseman for you. Yeah, then you're moving on. Right. So it's there's give and take to giving a short-term deal where if they are replaceable, great. If they're not realistically replaceable, you're either going to end up with a hole in your lineup or you're going to end up overpaying someone. Right. And that's that's where I think this Taves this Taves contract we've just kind of assumed it was going to happen, and now that we're in the last week of of leading up to arbitration, we can really kind of dig into it. Yep. And I think it's an interesting it's an interesting contract. It's in you and I were just sorting out comparables and all that, which I imagine we'll, we'll get, get into. into. Yep. Yeah. Um, but it's his importance to Colorado. Like right now, it's it's purely theoretical, yep. and that's. That's where Colorado will have an advantage walking into arbitration. Yep. The advantage for Colorado is that if they go through arbitration, the money probably won't be very high. 
The yep. advantage for Taves is that he's guaranteed a one-year deal, and then he gets to go to free agency. Yeah, right. And that's scary for the Avs. It it is. It it again. It would feel bad to have this player for one year, but I just do. I do wonder why the abs would see value in, in letting it go to arbitration. Like you said, if Taze says, you know what, I want to go to free agency and play the one year and get paid, then it is what it is. But yeah, if he says the only way I'll do a multi-year deal is if you, if we'll do five years plus at five plus million and the abs are like, well, okay, well, we're not doing that. But if there's any sort of middle ground that they can find in a conversation, yeah in a contract conversation, I have to think something gets done. Before. I mean, a three years right at $4 million is fine. Like, yeah. There's your sweet spot. I think that makes it, it probably a little too team friendly because that gets Taves to 29. Sure. But teams, teams aren't afraid of those guys the way that people on the internet like us are, <laughs> you know, we, we see, well, because if you offer sheet a guy, then they match it. Yeah. That, and then they, and then they have the contract and then they, they can trade him to anybody, anybody else in the league that they want to knowing what that number will be. You also would, he would have had to agree to the offer sheet. The player has right. to agree to that number. So yeah, you can't, you can't just throw an offer sheet at a guy and say, you've been offer sheeted. This was and, the problem with Braden point last year. And, is that a lot of people talked about offer sheeting Braden Point? He didn't want to sign one. And for the record, to have a successful offer sheet on Taze, you're probably looking at the range of four point three six three to uh, six point five, and that would be giving up a first and a third. Whereas the Avs gave up two seconds for him. Even if even if you offered below that and it was just the what's the compensation below that? One second. One second? Yep. Even even if you did that. If you did that, New York one hundred percent matches. Yeah. Like well they would match and then if it's say say it's just a three point eight million dollar deal for three years. Yep. Great. He signed that offer sheet, they matched it, and then they turned they turned around and they just traded him to somebody else who's willing to pay the extra value because now the contract is signed. Yeah. Now the contract is signed. They have that guy for multiple years. So they get a first for him that way. And you're, you're out of G we tried. So yep. instead of messing with that, they gave up an extra second round pick to go through this process with him. Yep. An easy, an, an easy. Yes. Value decision. Yep. Yeah. An easy. Yes. The idea of offer sheeting mid tier guys. I mean, we, Getting, oh, I hate wasting time on offer sheets because they're just not real. But it's teams. Teams have all the incentive to just say yes, unless you're wildly overpaying a dude. They get matched. Period. Right. Like even even a team that is completely up against it right now. You go and you offer sheet Eric Chernak. They'll find a way. Yeah. I, again, the reality is they'll get more value for the guy trading him on his new contract than they will for the offer sheet. Yep. So I wish I, to be honest with you, if, if GMs treated offer sheets, the way that offer sheets were designed to be treated, you guys would be 100% right. But then that, and that being predatory on RFAs like that would be a beautiful way to live. I would be all about being that team that just waits to take advantage of RFAs in sticky situations. Last year with Winnipeg, Kyle Connor and Patrick Line sat on the market all summer long. I would have 100% tried to take advantage of that. But GMs just don't take them seriously. They view them as like a, it's almost like a good guy test. And anybody that uses an offer sheet is a bad guy. Now, now we don't like him anymore. Right. Now he's the he's the bad guy. And like the one offer sheet that we've seen in the last few years was that joke of an offer sheet that Montreal sent to Sebastian Ajo last year yep. that Carolina looked at and was like, well, we're going to match this, of course. Thank you for doing all the negotiating for us. Yep. It was too good of a deal. It was too easy for them to say yes to. Yep. And that's that's the at the higher levels, it's impossible to get a team to say, "We'll take the picks." 
Even even when Philadelphia signed Shea Weber to that 14-year contract that has a good chance to come back to bite Nashville in the ass via the recapture penalties, they had to say yes. Yep. And it's crazy to me that they turned Shea Weber into whatever, whoever they used that second-round pick that they got for PKC. Yeah, I know. Nothing good. They are also anti-paperclip. <laughs> the reverse. No, I, I would, I would love, like, I would absolutely love to be predatory with offer sheets the way that, like, we think teams should be. And the only reason I dismiss them the way that I do is because teams don't view them as a as a legitimate weapon. Well, it, again, even with the the cap conversation, you sign him to the contract and then you dump him somewhere. Yeah. So, like, if, if going back to the Isles situation, knowing that the Isles have Barzell and Pulak also still sitting there, what they could have done is, I guess, they could have they could have tried to tried to sign both guys, tried to sign two of them. Sure. And do the uh, double offer sheet and make them pick or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, you can't can't really because they're you have to have the picks available to you right. so you wouldn't you know but it would be like this is the true story of why ottawa picked up four seconds and then they just couldn't figure out <laughs> if they wanted to offer sheet <laughs> that's, that's right <laughs> um but yeah like if if you were to do that with the aisles if you were to go back and you uh the aisles match a taves deal okay well the taves deal is on the books then they still have they still have Barzell. Then I guess you go out and you sign Mar- Matt Barzell to an offer sheet too, and then you're like you trade us Devon Taves for a second round pick. <laughs> At that point, Lou Lamorell will probably just hates you and won't do business with you. Yeah, it's a quick way to burn a bridge. <laughs> exactly, he's got 29 other franchises that he's going to be able to do business with, and once Devon Taves gets that, even if you you know once he's under contract. Well, because he's got value again. How long do you have to to match an offer sheet? It's more seven than seven days. Yeah, so they have they have a whole week to just go. Who wants Taze? Right. <laughs> like they they're like, look, we're gonna match this, but he's immediately on the market. Come and give us your best offers. Yeah. So the giving up two second round picks for the guy was a perfect. It was perfect value. It's a it's a great it's a great deal. Because you have to imagine they were trying to get a first. And Colorado was like, look, we don't trade firsts anymore. We're just not in that business. But we'll give you we'll give you two seconds. All right. So yeah, me in full predatory GM mode, if I had no repercussions of other GMs going after me and I was running an an organization, yeah, I would be I would be brutal with it. I would constantly be trying to use it. All right. Me masters. Red Wings logo dead on the ground with a vulture with AJ's face circling it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I. If that was the way that the world worked, uh, yeah, I would be that guy. Okay, we do need to take our second period break here. Get back on track. Talk about some comparables with uh, with Taze in the third period. But first, of course, we have our favorite Dravacraft coffee. The CBD-infused coffee. Pause for effect, AJ. You put me in suspense there. What was our favorite? It's Robacraft coffee. Get a cold brew down at the bar. As I start to lose my voice here, if you want to try before you buy, when you love it, you can get 20% off online at StravaCraftCoffee.com. When you order, they have a bunch of awesome flavors. Marshmallow. I I think they have a pumpkin spice flavor, but I'm not 100%. If you basic. Um... I came very close to getting my first ever PSL today. Yeah, really? I came very close because I was cold and I was pissed. <laughs> and I was looking for something to warm the cockles of my heart. And then I, I remembered. You were that close? Yeah. And then I remembered I have some tea upstairs. So I went and did that instead. Wow. By the way, tea is gross. I agree. 100%. I just, I tried so hard. I'm sorry. I just can't do it. My wife drinks it all the time and loves it. And I'm like, no. No, thank you. Give me Stravacraft coffee instead. I'm constantly looking for Mountain Dew alternatives because I would love to cut soda out of my out of my consumption habit because it's so bad for you. Right. But finding caffeine to get me up after that because I, I don't drink coffee. And people are always like, oh, well, why don't you try drinking tea? And then it's like, okay, 
Well, the only way that I can make tea drinkable is if I dump a bunch of sugar in it, and at that point, I'm drinking soda. Yeah, my so the I used to drink soda all the time, and then for a while, I started drinking Monster Energy drinks instead, mm. which I still really like. But yeah, my wife is like, those things will kill you twice as fast as soda does. So it's they like, literally have a warning on them, dude. Yeah. Where it's like if you drink more than three of these in a 24 hour period, like you put your heart at risk. Yeah. So. It's a lose-lose, I guess. Instead, yeah. drink Strava Craft coffee and uh, mellow out a little bit. Get your get your chill on. It'll help with aches and pains all over the place. So can't recommend it enough. Uh, third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook with Rudo and AJ. So let, let's dive into these comparables. And kind of as we talked about on the top of the show, there's not any great comparables. There are some that are probably in the ballpark. Yeah. And, and, you know, the really, I would say the Griselchik deal that, that Boston just signed is pretty close. Yep. And even then it's flawed because Griselchik has largely been a third pairing defenseman is more of a defensive guy. Uh, he's got almost double the games played. Yep. And so it's just, you know, the offensive production is close, but he has, a bunch of games played, and he's a third-pairing defensive defenseman. Good underlying numbers, a good a good player. I think one of the more underrated uh, defenders in the league, just in terms of raw defense. I've always really liked his game. But I none, none of what I just said described Devon Taves. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's... And for the record, he signed a four-year deal at 3.68 million so, 3.687500 how do you come up with these numbers round it up to 3.7 if you want whatever yeah um so it's probably i mean this is the hard part is there is more track record but you're probably talking about someone on the lower side of what taze is going to provide right this is i mean this griselchik deal is kind of like I think it's like a great what Ryan Graves' next deal looks like. Yeah. Because that's the kind of player and role that we're talking about. Yep. I think actually that's, he'd be a perfect comparable for that. Yeah. But. Yeah. And that's why, that's why using it as a Taves comparable is like, okay, if you're going to use that, you have to do it knowing and understanding that Taves is getting paid more than that. He's going to get paid more than the 3.7 because he just produces more offense. He drives more more offense. He's a he's a more dynamic player on the back end than this guy is. They're the same age, but Grzelczyk also has twice the track record. He's got he's, you know, 100 and what, 97 games. Yeah, to, just, uh, shy, Taves, just shy of 200, yeah. Yeah, to Taves is what, 1? One, 116, I think. 16, yeah, to his 116. So <clears throat> it's not it's not quite double, but it's close enough. I think you can kind of have this same conversation with the uh, the contract that Will Butcher signed. Uh, Will yeah. Butcher signed a, a three-year deal at 3.733. Um, but whereas Griselchek's Offense doesn't live up to Taze. Butcher's defense isn't going to live up to to what Taze is providing. Right, and uh, the the production at seventy four points for Butcher is a lot higher, with the caveat that he has gotten worse every year. Yeah, he had the big time rookie year. He had forty four points, largely driven by his first two months in the NHL, where he had something like twenty five points in his first two months. Super power play productive. Yeah, well. And then completely fell off a cliff. So, um, you know, Michael, I think that the four by 4.5, the more I've looked at it, it's probably just a little high. That was, that was my guess uh, coming into this. But the more that we started digging into comparables, the more I was like, well, let me ask you this then. If 4.4 or four by 4.5 gets it done before arbitration, do you still do it? Yeah. Okay. But I would, I, I mean, we always have these nitpicks, right? Where it's like, you'd be a lot more comfortable at 4.2. Right. 
four you you sign the four by four point five at the eleventh hour because you have to do it because you don't want to give them a one year three point seven million dollar deal to go into free agency right. to then go get a five year deal at five and a half million in on the open market yeah. and you just lost the player yeah of course you definitely do that but um in turn in terms of what term the Avs should be looking for. There's a reason we're talking about these these mid these mid level deals here, three years, um, four years type guys. Yeah, yeah, because this he's already he's already 26, so you don't want to you don't want to buy too many of those 30 year old years. Uh, but he's never played for you. He has 116 NHL games played in the regular season. Like you do, still have to kind of be like, hey, we love what he's done in the NHL. He's gotten better. But he is 26. This is not a 23-year-old just breaking out here where you think the next three to five years are going to be the absolute best he'll ever be like you do with Burakovsky, right? Yep. It's a little different. At twenty at 26 already, you think five years from now, he's probably already on his decline. And so you have to be careful paying for that. You want to you wanna guard against that. And as we talked about earlier in the show, if Bowen Byram becomes what he what you think he is capable, Connor Timmons, you know, becomes what you think he's capable of becoming. If Justin Barron does, if you give him a five year deal, Justin Barron is in this conversation by the end of that deal. If those guys live up to potential, those guys become top four defenders. Then you have Devon Taves as sort of this just sticking out here and as this guy that you overpaid a little bit because you needed him right then. But you didn't guard against future success. I think I think Justin Barron specifically is the reason that I'm really comfortable with the three or four year deal. Yeah, um, because you look at Bowen Byram. That's a dude who's very likely to be in the lineup this year. Certainly next the 2021-22 season, he will be. Hey, we should. Um, there so, will certainly be no keeping him out of that lineup. Yeah, so that's someone that's going to impact your lineup now. But the two things you know for sure. Kale McCarr and Sam Gerrard are not going anywhere. Yep. So if you have Taze sitting in the top four for the next three years until Justin Barron is ready to go to the NHL or if he's on the super fast track, maybe he's ready for the top four by then. It's a pretty easy transition of, as you put it, a, a secondary core type player. Yeah. So yeah, it just makes sense from that regard. The other thing is, is on a three or four year deal, like you're you're open to the idea that Connor Timmons steals ice time if he mm-hmm. if he just plays really really well. Yep. And that's like this year, you're thinking Devon Taves is a no doubt about it top four player for the Avs. But the year after, and and certainly even starting year, yeah, even starting in in the fall of 2021. Yep. That certainty is gone. Just because the talent behind him is going to push. That's that's it. That's the only reason. And, and that's why, you know, five years, I'm not going to throw a fit. But. Well, and there's a little bit of balance there, right? Because if you do a three-year deal, you know, whose contract is going to be up in three years? Bone Byrams. Nathan McKinnon's. Nathan. Obviously, McKinnon's the big one. But if we're looking at the defense specifically, in the immediate, you're going to have Connor Timmons and, and Bowen Byram on cheap deals. Yeah, Eric Johnson's deal's up then, too. So you kind of look at a, a defensive reset in three years a little bit. Yeah. I mean, that's I have no issues with that. Graves' deal is up then, too. Yep. So then you can completely reassess your entire defense and be like, okay, well, now the money has to go here, and this guy's got that, and this guy's got that. Who knows what the cap is done by then? TV deals, uh, Seattle's expansion, et cetera, et cetera. Are they back to even? Have they, you know, where are we yeah. moving forward? What's what's going on? Are we in year four of a flat cap, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah. I mean, that the conversation we haven't touched on in this show is is the flat cap and everything else going on, making not just comparables, but just signing contracts in general incredibly difficult for teams to get correct value. Uh, it it definitely it's causing I mean it's causing some problems because the teams are looking at the flat cap and they're saying, well we can't keep giving guys raises with the expectation that the cap goes up two million dollars every year, because yeah. that's and- kind of where teams operate. They just assume the cap will go up about two million every year. So we sign a we sign a four million dollar contract, and by the third year the contract pays for itself. Yep, and great. 
and we've seen both sides win and lose here. We've seen teams overpay guys, but we've also seen guys like Matt Nieto get league minimum contracts. Yep. And we, we wondered, like we talked a lot about leading up to this, which guys are going to get squeezed. Yep. There were going to be some guys that got squeezed. Taylor Hall didn't get squeezed. Alex Petrangelo didn't get squeezed. Mike Hoffman did. Now, you know, Hoffman could still sign a five and a half million dollar deal over four years or whatever and get paid just fine. And it ends up being more of a waiting game than anything else for him. But for the moment, the quality of players that are still sitting out on the open market, like we could be, we could be two months from Mikhail Granlin taking a one year, $1 million deal with the Edmonton Oilers. Yep. You know, like we, (laughs) like that's the kind of talent that's still just sitting out there where these guys are like, no, I'm not going to take that, that deal until I absolutely have to. And teams can wait these guys out knowing that what is it like something like 90% of cap space in the NHL is already spent. There's not a ton of cap space left in the outside of uh, Detroit, Ottawa and New Jersey. There's just not much cap space out there. And even with New Jersey, $17 million in cap space. They only have 16 guys right now signed. Yep, That's true. you know, you're there are still teams that have work to do here. You know, you look at how many teams there are. One, two, three, there are eight teams with more than ten million dollars available right now. Yep, there are seven teams who are already over the cap, and, and that does not include Winnipeg, who is twenty seven thousand dollars from the cap right now. And- <laughs> And you're looking at some of those teams that have all that space, not quite 10 million, but New York Islanders, they have almost 9 million in space, but all of that is going to Matt Barzell, basically. Right. And they've got Barzell and Pulak. Yeah. And it's like those guys are going to be 14 or 15 million dollars. The Rangers, who are 10 million, 10 and a half million in space, have to re sign Ryan Strom, have to re sign Brendan Lemieux. So these teams are talking about getting their internal stuff done, not going out and getting free agents necessarily. Yeah. And you're even uh, Boston with $6 million has Jake DeBrusque sitting there. Yep. Where it's like, he should take up a healthy chunk of that. And if, if Chara wants to come back, you know, the abs, we're talking about the abs. They've got 5.9 million in space. All right. Well, Devon Taves is going to take up the majority of that. And then the rest of it will be either ELCs or LOC. Yep. So it's it's getting tight quickly, certainly. Yeah. And that's this is the entire league is in this situation where like Detroit's the only one. They're sitting there with 18 million in cap space, and they're like, look, you guys just want to keep giving us picks to take on your bad contracts like Mark Stahl. <laughs> Fine. Or, Shops open, fellas. Like about to about to rack up some serious pickage, perhaps. Yeah, well, and then they turn around and flip all those guys at the deadline for more picks. <laughs> yep, exactly. Like, it's the most predictable thing. Mark Stahl getting traded at the deadline with with fifty percent retention on Detroit's end, or like a second or third round pick. Yeah, even <laughs> like a even like fourth. a fourth, where it's like they got a second and a fourth yeah. to employ this guy. And retain now, money on him for the rebuild for value games. right yeah. there. Yeah, that's that's where Detroit is with the that eighteen million. Like you want to dump money on it. Like Colorado don't have any second round picks left, so they can't attach a second round pick to say, "Hey, take Eric Johnson six million off our hands." Yep. Not that's, that I mean, not that they have to do that anyway. But yeah. well, and like, what would they even do with it? They would right. just have the cap space at that point. They couldn't. They, there wouldn't be a reason for them to spend that. Unless it's like Taylor Hall wants specifically says he wants to come to Colorado at the end of next season or something. Well, well, and I mean, like, I mean, like this off season, the only thing that you would spend that money yeah, on would no. be another defender, and it's like, eh. DJ's just fine. <laughs> like, I think it's it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> worry about this later. Yep. All right, so I think we're kind of winding down the pod here, but. Yeah, we got into like two comparables, and that's because there just aren't that many. Um, Colin Miller from 2018 when he signed with Vegas at four years, uh, 3.875. That's right in that wheelhouse. Yep. Um, Marcus Patterson's deal with Pittsburgh uh, that he signed earlier this year 
five years at just over four million dollars as a defensive guy, like kind of right in that wheelhouse, but you really don't want to be using Pittsburgh and under Jim Rutherford yeah, to just for give away contract money. comps. You really like you've got to be like, I don't like that so much. That's the uh the same guy who signed Jack Johnson for cool. an eternity at three and a quarter. Five year deal. I yeah. mean and then bought it. <laughs> yeah. A year later, like everybody was like, What are you doing signing that? And he's like, Well, you gotta get the guys you gotta get, right? And then whatever. Anyway, point yeah. being there aren't a lot of great contract comps because guys like Devon Taves just don't happen very often. Yep. Most of these guys blossom by the time they're 23, 24 years old. Yep. They, they come into the league. The Like your late blooming defenders are like 24. Yep. Like a Ryan Graves. Yeah. And it, it really, and like Ryan Graves is like the more normal of the two because he's like a bottom pairing ish guy. Right. He blossomed into an NHL or not a top end type of guy. Yeah, and right, and like Devon Taves is a legit, like, really good second pairing defender. Yep. And yeah, it's tough because of the lack of track record. Yeah, it's it's an awkward position for all of them. Um, you know, I kind of was joking about it uh, on Twitter today, where it was like, it's it's kind of like if you get into this weird like arranged marriage. And it's like, hey, we're going to get married, but you have to sign a prenup that basically says we're not splitting any of our stuff when we get divorced, which we are already planning to do. Also, we're not changing last names. We're not sharing anything, but we're really excited to be in this marriage for however long it lasts. I mean, And it's just sort of a super awkward way to like start the relationship. Well, you know, AJ. What would make that marriage less awkward? What's that, Rudo? <laughs> Certainly, at least, make things look a little bit better in the bedroom. Manscaped would be perfect for that. As you know, what I don't know how long your marriage is going to last, but at least you can make it look good, keep it fun in the bedroom. When you get 20% off at manscaped.com using code DNVR20, you can get their whole package. The the perfect manicure 3.0 kit where you can take care of your pubic hair, your normal hair, your beard hair, you name it. They got you covered on all of that. Or you can just go and buy any of their awesome products, whether it be breath mints, whether it be shave mats, whether it be uh, cologne, deodorant anti-chafe for your your nether regions you name it they have it all covered for you so head on over to manscaped.com and get that 20 percent off with code dnvr20 and help save your arranged marriage or something um <laughs> i guess that's gonna wrap up the show for today appreciate all y'all watching listening however you consume the podcasts especially hanging out in chat live with us always a fun time talking with y'all we appreciate it if you want to join in on the fun and head on over to youtube follow our channel at dnvr sports we go live five days a week so yeah it's a fun time be sure to subscribe and i guess we will catch the rest of y'all tomorrow